your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, welcome to this Wednesday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Excuse me, I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Also, happy 6-9 day, everyone. Yes, I had to slip that in there. Today's episode is brought to you, as always, by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week. Uh, I'm going to try to do something this weekend uh, in the evening if one of the Stanley Cup semifinal matches is set. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. We also might just do something um, on a weekday just because we've been doing a lot of food take debates uh, in the Locked On Podcast NHL group chat on Twitter. So we have really just been spewing up hot takes, so I honestly think I might do something around those lines, but also, of course, talk about hockey on my next locker room. But apologies for not getting out an episode yesterday. I've been doing um, some job interview stuff. I've actually gotten to the final stage for um, a job with a company that I'm hoping to find out within the next couple of weeks. I have to do a writing and editing exercise uh, that'll be due by Monday. But um, I'm crossing my fingers, at least. I'm not going to say anything else until I potentially get it and with what company it is. But um, I'm definitely hopeful at this point. That's for sure. But for today's episode, we're going to talk about a little bit about the NHL awards and you know the finalists that have come out so far, and get my thoughts on those. Um, we're also going to do uh, start our season review for the Penguins players. Um, today will be Sidney Crosby because, of course, you have to start with the captain with how great he was. So I'll do that in a second segment, and then for the third segment, uh, we will do a uh, mailbag where I'll answer a few questions, and then we will call it um, a show. But okay, so let's get into some of the NHL awards. There were so today the Norris came out, and two of the players on there definitely deserved it. Kale McCarr, which is, he was probably going to be the best, best defenseman in the league in the next year or two. Adam Fox, he was incredible. Um, I think he is my Norris pick at this point. And then the final, the other finalist is Victor Hedman. Um, how he is a finalist over Charlie McAvoy is just insane to me. Um, it really just goes to show that the PHWA, you know, the Pro Hockey Writers Association, a lot of those people really don't watch the games. I mean, it, it, that's just, I think the main takeaway that I have. It's like, okay, you obviously didn't watch the games this year, and you're just basing it off of his reputation with what he did last season. And let's be real, Victor Hedman was the best defenseman in the league last season. I mean, he won the Norris. He was insane in the playoffs. I think he almost what tied a record for Paul Coffey for most points by a defenseman. I'm pretty sure he also what won the Con Smythe as well for the Tampa Bay Lightning. But with that being said, Hedman was not that player this year. He was really banged up. His point totals or his counting stats, as I like to call them, didn't come close to where they were last season. His underlying numbers this season were much worse, and he's still getting a Norris vote even when he missed games and so on like. Charlie McAvoy really didn't, and he had better numbers than him. I'm sorry, that's just ridiculous. I mean, that this year, Charlie McAvoy had a much larger impact at 5v5 than Victor Hedman did. Same goes with Adam Fox and Cal McCarr, even though McCarr did miss some time. But it just this just goes to show you that hockey culture still stinks, and that a lot of these writers that cover the teams, they just don't watch a lot of these games. Or if they do, you know, their eye tests are just not that good. You know, I, I wish that people would have, you know, they they use maybe more stats when they look at these ballots and when they're thinking about who they want to put on their ballots because how you don't have Charlie McAvoy in your top three is just a joke. I mean, it, it, for, honestly, for me, it should be McAvoy or Fox for the Norris. Right now, I would have Adam Fox, Kale McCarr, then Victor Hedman of those three. But um, if you were to give me a list, I would still probably go Fox, McAvoy, McCarr. Um, you, you, would not, you could not go wrong with either one. 
of those players. But I still think Fox should get it. I mean, his underlying numbers at 5v5 were elite this year. I mean, he basically was the Rangers' offense at the blue line despite missing the playoffs. He was everything uh, they had hoped him to be and more. And he's going to be getting a fat raise um, when his contract expires um, pretty soon. I mean, that's probably going to be over $8 million per. Uh, uh, that's for sure. He is worth every penny, and he's going to be one of the five best defensemen in this league for many more years to come. So kudos to him, kudos to Kel McCarr, and like I said, you know, had to do a little mini rant on Victor Hedman because I think it's just ludicrous that he is a finalist. Um, going over to the Selkie, um, Patrice Bergeron is again a finalist for, what, the 10th year in a row. He should win this award. I think Sasha Barkov is another finalist, and Mark Stone is as well. My thoughts, Patrice Bergeron should win this again. I mean, he's the best defensive center in the league. He's been that way for the last decade. I would have Sasha Barkov at number two, and then I'd have Mark Stone at three. You know, Stone is one of the better two-way players in hockey, and he's been that way for a while. I know a lot of people are going to ask me, you know, well, why isn't Cindy Crosby there? Hey, you know, I think I would have replaced Stone with Crosby, but, you know, I, you're still probably going to see Sid finish in the top five in voting. I mean, I think he was... Uh, fourth last year, if I'm not mistaken. I, I have to double-check that, but I'm pretty sure he was fourth um, as early as last year. He's had a couple top 10 finishes in the last few years, so he's starting to get a lot more national recognition for how his two-way game has evolved. In my opinion, I think I would have done Barkov, Bergeron, and Crosby with how Sid's two-way game was this year, but you know, you also can't go wrong with Mark Stone, who's also one of the best two-way players in the game. But again, I expect Bergeron to win that. For the Ted Lindsay, we did see Matthews, McDavid, and Crosby. So congrats to Sidney Crosby for being named a finalist for the Ted Lindsay Award, which is, you know, the players vote on who they think um, is the best player in the league. I expect McDavid to win that. Um, I think Sid will probably come in third. It wouldn't surprise me if it's second, but I still think you see him finish third among those finalists. We still have not had the Hart Trophy finalists yet. In my opinion, it will probably be McDavid, Matthews, and Sid. I think you'll see Sid there as well. Um, again, everyone, I, I talked about this up a couple weeks ago. Anyone suggesting that Sidney Crosby should win the Hart Trophy, um, you probably should get your pulse checked because that is not going to happen, nor it, it should not happen either just because of what Connor McDavid did, having over 100 points in a 56-game season, um, which is what, like 140-point place in over an 82-game season, is nothing short of absurd. Yes, I understand they, the Oilers bowed out early in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but this is a regular season award. He deserves to win it based on what he did. In the regular season, he literally carried the Oilers to the playoffs along with Leon Dreisaitl, who, you know, I mean, if this were an 82-game season, you know, he also could have had a claim to be named a Hart Trophy finalist again. So I fully expect David to win it, and rightfully so. We also did see the Masterton Trophy finalist. Um, Oscar Lindblom is obviously the clear-cut winner here. If he does not win that, uh, just disband the award overall, though it should have been disbanded a long time ago when Yarmir Yager won it for basically being old, and then Devin Dubnik won it for just remembering how to play hockey again on just a better team. You know, they, and they won it in different years when you know Pascal Dupuis was a finalist for overcoming a blood clot. How he didn't win it was absurd, and then Chris Letang was a finalist for one of the other years for literally overcoming a, a freaking stroke. So, and the fact that he didn't win that. Just goes to show how stupid this award is. I think Patrick Marlowe is another one of the finalists. I mean, I guess he's a finalist for being old. I mean, I think that's the big thing here. And just continuing to play hockey. And then Matt Dumba is also a finalist as well. Well-deserved for him. Um, I, he, he won the King Clancy Trophy last season. So I understand where they're coming from with his finalists uh, for this award. Though I don't think he will win it, nor should he. This is Oscar Lindblom and then basically um, everyone else. As for the Vesna. Um, Andre Vasilevsky, I think, should win with Marc-Andre Fleury a close second. And then 
Philip Grubauer a distant third. I disagreed that Grubauer um, was on this ballot. I think it should have been Connor Hellebuck, in my opinion, with how he dragged the Winnipeg Jets' corpses again to the playoffs. And then, of course, they swept the Edmonton Oilers. Though, you know, he, he tried his best in the series against Montreal, but he was under siege that entire series. But I definitely think this is Andre Vasilevsky's award. Again, he's the best goaltender in hockey and will be one of the best goaltenders of this generation when it's all said and done. Excuse me, though. I also will say kudos to Marc-Andre Fleury for the season that he had in any other year. He will be the clear-cut Vesna winner. I just don't think he's going to win it, uh, even though this is the first time he's been nominated. I think this award will go to Andre Vasilevsky, and rightfully so. We also did see the Calder Memorial Trophy, Kapil Kaprizov, Alex Andelkovich of Carolina, and then Jason Robertson. That's a clear-cut winner for me, everyone. Kaprizov wins that, I think, with Robertson in the second, and Andelkovich as third. As for the King Clancy, uh, Pecorine, P.K. Subban, and Curtis Gabriel. Um, I honestly might have to go to Pecorine for what he did with National, with his leadership and stuff like that, You know, especially you know when um, UC Soros took over. I mean, he's... He, he's been a trooper. And, you know, all three of these players also do great things off the ice, which is really what this award is all about anyway. I would probably have Subban as second and then Curtis Gabriel as third, but, you know, there's no wrong winner, I don't think, there. Um, the Lady Bing Trophy, Austin Matthews, which is hilarious considering what's happened to him in his past for the most gentlemanly player. Jacob Slavin and then Jared Spurgeon. Um, one of Slavin or Spurgeon should win that award. I, I guess I'm probably going to go with Slavin. Um with that, uh, already have the Norris, like I said, Hart Memorial Trophy gets announced tomorrow, and then the Jack Adams Award is announced on Friday. If Mike Sullivan is not a finalist for the Jack Adams, um, I might just throw the PHWA um, in the sink, to, to be honest with you. But those are my thoughts on the NHL Awards, as we're just about done with announcing the finalists and who I think should win, um, basically, all of these awards. So we still have a little more to get to in this podcast. Of course, we have, so we're going to start our season reviews uh, in the next segment with Sydney Patrick Crosby, who of course has a birthday coming up in just a couple of months now. But uh, before we do get to that, it's time to talk about a couple of things. Uh, one of them that I talked about at the beginning of the episode, and that is Locker Room. It's the perfect place to start or join conversations around the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance, have a chance excuse me, to be featured on the Locked On Penguins podcast through our Locker Room conversations. Be sure to join me this week. I'll be hosting a room. Um, hopefully, there'll be a Game 7 for Vegas, Colorado, or Boston uh, versus New York. Then I may do something there, and then maybe we'll have some food takes on one as well. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link or Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Hunter Hody so be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I can't wait to see everyone's thoughts on the Penguins. See you there. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. We also cannot forget about everyone's favorite bar, which is, of course, the Bilt Bar. Did you know that they have nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time one? When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the flavors well, you are missing out. Coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint, brownie, and, of course, my favorite, the peanut butter brownie. Uh, if you have not tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Uh, most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. A couple have 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, and they all are healthy. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off that order at BuiltBar.com. 
All right, so we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So let's get into Sidney Crosby's season. And yes, everyone, it was another great season for him. I mean, we'll just start with his playoff numbers because he was still good in the playoffs. He, you just obviously didn't get the production from him because Ilya Sorokin was really good. Um, was on the ice for 62% of the shot attempts at 5v5. So um, his demise had been greatly exaggerated. I mean, if you go back to last season in the four games against Montreal in the bubble, only was on the ice for 54% of the shot attempts. The year before that against the Islanders, 57%. So he had not been at 62 above 60% actually in the playoffs uh, since 2014 when he was playing on a bummed wrist. Um, I know he was on the ice for more goals against than goals for, but you know a lot of that does have to do with Tristan Jari just really being a joke, to be honest with you all. Um, his scoring chance is 4 percentage, 62.6%. That's the highest it has been since 2014. He was on the ice for 27 high danger chances for 19 high danger chances again for a total percentage of 58%. Um, his expected goals percentage was 59.6%. Um, he was not on the ice for any high danger goals, but you know, again, a lot of that has to do with Ilya Sorokin. So he was a menace again um, in the playoffs. If you go to the regular season now um, and look at his numbers, um, let's go down here. So he was on the ice 52% of all shot attempts. He was on the ice for 56% of the actual goals. A stark contrast from last season where he was on the on the ice for 50%. Um, he's usually hovering well over 55-56%. Uh, the season before that in 2019 he was on the ice for 65% of the actual goals for. Um, his expected goals percentage was 51.1%, basically what he did last season. Um, scoring chances for 53% of them at 5v5 for high danger, 51.2%. Um, this year, and for actual high danger goals for on the ice, uh, 24 to 19. Um, if you go to his counting stats, he obviously was another uh, point per game player. Again, 62 points in 55 games. That is now what the 15th, 16th straight season um, that he has been a point per game or better in the league, which is basically almost a record at this point. I think he's now tied Wayne Gretzky for the most. Of all time. So that just goes to show you, you know, he, he gets older, but he continues to be the same old Sidney Crosby that we have all come to love. Um, uh, just another really strong season for him. I mean, he put the team on his back plenty of times, I thought, throughout the season, especially when Evgeny Malkin was trying to get right in the early parts of the season. You know, Sid would just show up every night and would really uh, shoulder the load on the top line playing next to uh, Jake Ensel and Brian Russ, even though at times they were putting Evan Rodriguez on there because at the start of the season they were putting Rust um, with Evgeny Malkin, then I think, believe, after, what, 10 to 12 games, they finally put Rust up with Sid and Gensel, and then it was just curtains um, after that. Um, as for next season with Sid, I expect him to be another point-per-game player. I don't know if you're going to see the same crazy production that you usually see from him in a full 82-game season where he can put up 100 points in 79 games like you saw in 2019 when he was 31. But I do think you can definitely see him get over 85 to 90 points. I just don't know if you're going to see him clips. 100. I think those days might be over, but am I one to doubt Sidney Crosby? Absolutely not. I mean, he's he's going to be a Hart Trophy finalist this season. He's already a finalist for the Ted Lindsay Trophy. Um, this is the second greatest player in the franchise's history, and he just continues to make unreal plays night in and night out. He was not the reason why this team bailed out in the first round. I thought he played his ass off um, in the first round. And, you know, you know the, the numbers that I threw out to you all from Statric uh, confirmed that with how he was on the ice for all the shot attempts and scoring chances and all that. If you go to Micah's site and with his isolated 5v5 impact, that's Hockey Viz, uh, plus 9.2 expected goals for 
Um, defensive impact, you know, minus 0.4 expected goals allowed. Not a lot of red on there, so his defensive impact was just so much better this year, um, even, even uh, in a comparison to last year. And then for offensive-wise, that plus 9.2% expected goals for was actually a bit of a downgrade from his plus 11.2, but there's a whole sea of red right in front of the net, as it has. it's basically been that way. Um, for his entire career, you know, he he drives offense from the high danger areas at will, basically every shift. And if you go to his isolated impact for even strength offense, you know, plus 0.23% expected goals for plus 9% um, in parentheses, and a whole lot of red again in the high danger areas and in between the hash marks, and then a lot from the top blue line as well. And then also on the power play, plus 0.69 expected goals for with a lot of a big brown blob in the front of the net, which is what you want when you look at these charts. You know, um, if for anyone that doesn't know what these means, you know, the more red on the map, especially in the big scoring areas, the better you are at impacting your team at even strength. So just wanted to put that out there for you all. But yeah, just another splendid season from say we're going to continue to do these season reviews throughout the offseason. Again, I expect him to run the 85 to 90 point range next season. And I do think 40 of those will be goals. I think you see Sid go back to being a 40 goal scorer next year. That's my one big bold prediction for him next season. Sidney Crosby will score 40 goals. He's not going to win the Rocket. You know, that's Alex Ovechkin's trophy to lose usually. But I do think you will see him score 40 goals next season. And I think the Art Ross will go to McDavid. But I think Sid will be right behind him. Um, I think he, he's st- he'll still finish top five in scoring, um, in my opinion at least. But okay, that wraps up this segment with Sidney Crosby Season Review. Coming up in the next one, we will touch on a few mailbag questions. But before we do get to that, it's time to talk about Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or phone and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game. As teams prep for their runs through the playoffs, head to the website or use the phone to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code locked on we also cannot forget about wealthfront stonks memes rocket ships day trading can be a lot of fun but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon you should open up a wealthfront investment account today investing can be complicated but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years wealthfront makes it easy they can create a portfolio of globally diversified low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes they're trusted with over 20 billion dollars of assets and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. All you need is $500 to get started, everyone. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do all the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. That's wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. One more time, wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL and get started today. All right, so we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. And always remember, follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes for all your takes and the Locked On Penguins Twitter at LO underscore Penguins for all the takes there as well. All right, let's get into a few of the questions here. There's about four of them I figured I would ask some. Um, let's start with Nolan, who who one, is one of the hosts of Locked On Red Wings. After what you saw from the Pens this season, how many more years do you think they have left of going all in and winning the Cup? 
All right, so I guess we're going to go there after what happened against the Islanders again. Um, I think you see one more year, Nolan. I think next year is the last big year for Pittsburgh. Obviously, they might be a little bit in win-now mode after that, but I think you're going to see more of a retool after next year, especially with all the contracts that are up. I mean, I definitely think Crystal Tang and Evgeny Malkin are going to be signed back, and they're going to retire as Penguins. I've never um, not had that doubt, but you also have Brian Russ, who's up after next year. Are you really going to be the team that gives him his next contract? In my opinion, that's absolutely not. I mean, he's going to want five to five and a half million per. Um, you, I've been talking about that a lot on my recent episodes. You just you can't pay him that, especially now that he is thirty years old, and it, he would probably be looking for a five to six year term. You do not want to pay someone like that five to six million per when he's going to be thirty to thirty five. That's a huge no no. And then same for Kasperi Kapanen. I mean, he's also up after next season. I don't know if the Penguins are going to be able to afford him. Um, their cap friendly situation. Excuse me, I don't know why. I keep sounding weird at times, but their cap friendly gets a bit interesting um, after next season. I'm just pulling this up right now as we speak. Yes, I know this is totally bad radio, but this is what we're running with if my laptop wants to comply here. So after the 2022 season, like I already touched on the big ones, but also uh, Jared McCann is an RFA. Actually, Kapanen is an RFA. I actually never knew that. I thought he was a UFA, so they might still bring him back, but... I'm also not sure at the same time because um, he's going to ask for probably a huge raise. Um, Jared McCann, he's up after next season. They're going to have to make a big decision there. I would sign him to an extension, maybe give him around $4 million per. Um, there's also uh, Jeff Carter is the UFA after that next season. I think he'll probably walk. Um, I already touched on Crystal Tang. Um, and, you know, uh, other than that, I mean, a lot of your players are still signed long-term. But, like I said, that being said, I mean, it's just, that's still going to be a big offseason. I mean, Casey DeSmith is also a UFA after next season. Uh, Tristan Jari goes until 2024. So you still have um, a couple more years left on that deal. So, I mean, even this year, you know, you look at their UFAs. Colton Seaver, he's going to walk. Uh, Freddie Goudreau, you got to find a way to bring him back. He's only making 700 k He'll probably come back for not that much. Evan Rodriguez, I think he will walk um, in free agency. Cody Cece, I think he's going to be too pricey to bring back, in my opinion. Yannick Weber, I mean, he signed in Switzerland, so that's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just there's going to be a lot of changes after this uh, coming season. So um, I think this is the last main one uh, for this group. And, you know, like I said, they're going to bring the big core pieces back. But I think for this team overall, next season is their last best shot to really try and get a fourth Stanley Cup in the Sid and Gino era. So thank you for asking that. Gilbert asks, what are your thoughts on Poulin and Legary? I personally think Poulin should be given a shot in the lineup next season. Yeah, great question, uh, Gilbert. Thank you for that. Uh, Poulin, I definitely think he should be given a shot to make the team next season. I definitely think he will um, have a really good shot at making the team. If not, he'll start his season in Wilkes-Barre. Um, he's one of those, of course, one of their best prospects in the system. I thought you were going to potentially see him make the team out of camp this year, but you know, with how deep they were at forward, I am kind of glad that they're just, you know, they're slowing his development a bit, excuse me. But he's going to be given every opportunity, I think, to definitely make this team out of camp and, you know, maybe be, you know, put on the third line or, you know, if you want to have him as your 13th forward. Well, honestly, you probably shouldn't even have him as your 13th forward because then what's the point of just bringing a year of your ELC? Um, for Legary, I think it's the same way. He's going to be given every a chance to make the team. I think the chances of Poulin making the team are better than Legary, but again, I definitely think that both of them should be given a shot to make the team next year. Um, but, you know, with how many forwards are likely to return for the Penguins next season, um, 
I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do start their season in Wilkes-Barre. But also, uh, Gilbert, you have to remember with how the Penguins' injury bug is every season, they're probably going to be called up at some point anyway. So um, that's my answer on that. Alan Seoder asks, if it's not too late, what are your way too early predictions for next season? I think they're a playoff team a bit lower in the standings. Maybe then they'll get past round one. Yeah, so my way too early predictions, I definitely think they will make the playoffs. They'll continue that streak uh, for the longest active streak in sports. I think they're a top three team in the in the actual division next year. If they do go back to the regular realignment, um, I don't think Washington is that good. Obviously, the Rangers are going to be tougher to deal with. I don't think Philadelphia is that good. Of course, the Islanders are going to be a handful. Um, Columbus, though, will be back in the division. They're probably going to start rebuilding. New Jersey is not that good. So you definitely have some of the bottom feeders. But I think when you look at this division overall, I mean, well... I will say this also, you know, Carolina will probably be back there in the division. They're also going to be tough as well. So I really think you might see five playoff teams come out of that division. Uh, Pittsburgh, Carolina, the Rangers, the Islanders, and the Capitals. I mean, this is, and of course you have Philadelphia, which I'm not that high on them, but they're definitely going to be in contention for next season. So this is going to be a very tough division. I still think the Penguins are in good shape going into next season division-wise, because like I said, you know who the bottom feeders are, like, and I'm also not that sold on Philadelphia. But And you know, I also think Washington takes us another step back again next season. But I really do like the Penguins' chances in the division next year. And yes, Alan, I will go on record right now. Come back to this uh, for next season with old takes exposed. I do think the Penguins will get past the first round next season because I also think the playoff format will be different. I'm really hoping that they're just going to go back to 1-8. to eight. I think that's one of the two options that they're discussing right now, according to Elliot Friedman. Um, at least. But I do like their chances. I think they'll eclipse over 100 points. I think they'll get close to 110. And this team will be back in the playoffs. Again, I think you see Sidney Crosby get 85 to 90 points. I think you see Evgeny Malkin be a point-per-game player coming back from the knee injury. I think you see Chris Letang continue to kill it. I think Tristan Jari bounces back a little bit, but I also think they bring in a goaltender who uh, will share the load a bit with him. And I think you continue to see Jared McCann break out as well. And oh, one more for, for you. If Jason Zucker is on this team next season, um, I think you see him have a much better season um, overall. So those are some of my way-too-early predictions for next season for this team. I'm going to have more of those coming up uh, later in the offseason when we get closer to the next season. Uh, and finally, Thomas Nevitt asks, what was your favorite Penguins moment from this season? Personally, mine was Redeem Zahorn's debut in NHL Gold. Did you expect anything else from a European who shouted his name from the rooftops when he signed for Pittsburgh? <laughs> Thomas, that, that, that's great that you added that. I'm sure you did, and I'm sure everyone uh, in Europe that is a Penguins fan and in the United States did the exact same. But my favorite Penguins moment, that's tough. That That's definitely in, in my top five, I think. But overall, my best favorite moment, even though they didn't win the series, it was just that comeback in Game 3, just with how wild that was against the Islanders. That was the most fired up I've been after a win in probably four years, you know, when they went uh, with the back-to-back -back Stanley Cups. That was just my favorite moment, just because it, it showed for at least a bit that this team was so different than the one that got swept in 2019, and the heart and the character and just how they didn't, were they weren't phased by what the Islanders were doing. That just showed a lot for me. But, but in terms of the regular season, my favorite moment, was I think the comeback on Long Island when Malkin tied the game with about 12 seconds left and that really showed that Gino was back until he got hurt again and then I think that was also the game when Chris Letang won it in overtime um, if I'm not mistaken. It was either that one or uh, Sidney Crosby won the game in a shootout. And yes, to confirm, yes, that, that was Sidney Crosby's um, 
winner in the shootout. I, I got confused that it was Crystal Tang's overtime winner. Excuse me on that. But I think that was my favorite moment of the season because they looked down and out and it looked like the Islanders were going to take two crucial points from them. And then Evgeny Malkin fired a slap shot or a Geno bomb, as I like to call it. And they were able to tie the game. And then Sid was able to do his magic on Barlamov in the shootout. So I think that was my favorite moment from the regular season, at least. But also, you know, the comeback against the Rangers, um, where they won in a shootout. And then I also think, you know, when Gensel won the game with about a minute and a half left in the third period. Also, you know, when they clinched the playoff berth against Washington, they weren't phased when Tom Wilson tied it with only 15 seconds left. Uh, Gensel was able to win the game in overtime off of a great John Marino feed. Um, that, that, there are just so many great moments that I thought uh, with this regular season. You know, obviously winning in Boston for the first time in seven years is up there as well. But my favorite was definitely the game against the Islanders on February 12th when Gino tied it and then Sid won it. Um, in the shootout as, you know, the two-headed monster reigns supreme forever. And again, you know, happy 6-9 day, everyone. You know, f- five years ago today, uh, Pittsburgh was ready to explode as Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final between the Sharks and the Penguins was played. I know Pittsburgh lost that game, and it didn't matter in the end, but just seeing how wild Pittsburgh was that night and how ready I was. I mean, I remember that second goal was scored. I ran around my hi- house, which is crazy as an 18-year-old <laughs> kid, basically, so... Um, it's been it's been wild you know, as a Penguins fan. I appreciate you all listening to this one, and let's do another one of these tomorrow as we continue our season reviews and a couple other things. So I'll talk to you all then. Go watch the uh, Islanders-Bruins game. Hopefully the Bruins can send this to seven games so I don't have to see another seven-game series between the Islanders and the Lightning. But again, talk to you all tomorrow.